0: This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the TP5 and 5X. Try it. What's the best that can happen? Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Happy Ryder Cup week,
1: Canada. Good morning. Welcome inside GTC, the gang. We are all together. Scully, Weeks, and Zacchino as we look ahead to this week's Ryder Cup going on in Rome. No, we are not in Rome. That was a pipe dream. Would love to be uh, in Rome. It's going to be an amazing week uh, throughout the show today. Also going to look back on the Solheim Cup. What a great finish that was. I think uh court But first of all, Uh, Bob, good morning. I know you and Mark played some golf together last week. Tell us a little about that.
2: We uh, we did. We played Friday up at uh, the beautiful Wooden Sticks Golf Club and took our friends from uh, Golf Ontario, or well, they took us, or we took them. I don't know. We played together (laughs) and had a nice day with Nick Taylor and Kyle uh, and everybody who was. How many? No, Kyle. He only played. How many got He, only he got nine,
3: nine with us. He he had to get right. going, but uh but you myself that's and Nick, right. we got all 18 in Bob.
2: But it's the other the other Nick Taylor. That's what I should yes, point out. That's what i was Nick trying to Taylor. get at. That's, that's other other what he guy likes guy. that's not what he likes to be called, but he always says he's the real Nick Taylor and the other guy. But uh that's a uh, it's a good golf name to have these days.
1: Well, and and Mark, I have to comment because Bob posted a video of your swing on uh, the Replica 17th hole at Wooden Sticks and I got to tell you, dude, I mean, yes, we won the
3: Toronto Hunt member best. I'm going to mention that every time I can. But that swing, dude, it's looking silky. Yeah, uh, we made two there. Uh, stuffed it in there and actually made the putt. It was feast or fat famine. It was, uh, I was all over the place. I was either making birdies or, or, or bogeys. There was very little consistency. <laughs> but we had a good time. Course was in good shape. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was fun. It was good to I haven't been up there in in quite some time, so it was good to get up and there how, and how How
2: about the ball retrieval guys that we saw there? So they were they were pulling the balls out of the pond. It was very interesting. They had two vehicles, one both had winches on them, and they dragged this little rolling tube or I don't know what you call it, barrel that had enough spots, you know, that they would fill in with golf balls and they were going back and forth and back and forth and that When we left, they were doing the 17th hole, and I just cannot imagine how many balls they pulled out of there. One of them was mine, by the way, because I ended up dunking mine in the drink. Two in the drink, actually. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, uh, before we go to news and headlines, Bob, not sure if you remember, we actually played Wooden Sticks about a year ago. Last October, it was us with uh, Jamie Riedel wearing shorts. It was about four degrees Celsius, and (laughs) Kara Wagland. And you know my golf game. I think I'm the first person in the single-digit Uh, level to ever miss the fairway on both both the 10th and the 18th hole at wooden sticks which replicates one and 18 but bob if you remember i actually hit my tee shot on 18 over the green not sure if you. that's right you did
2: it was in the parking lot afterwards the cart parking lot you were you got to dial it back sometimes you don't know your own strength
1: yeah, sometimes, but I I love wooden sticks. Hopefully, get the chance to go out there uh, a little later this season because I mean we here here in the GTA it's been probably the greatest September we've ever had with the uh, 20 and Celsius uh, really uh, throughout the month. But today, since it is our Ryder Cup preview show, our first of the week, we're back in prime time tomorrow evening uh, across the TSN network as well on Wednesday too. A couple of special Ryder Cup segments, an all-time Ryder Cup edition of Winners Weird and What, a Ryder Cup edition of our TSN Edge Picks, where we're each going to pick one player from the U.S., one player from Team Europe, who we think is going to have the most points for their respective nation. Plus, we're going to learn all about the new tailor-made line of putters with Patrick Baxter from TaylorMade. Before we get to all that, let's start things off with some news and
0: some headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger, everybody knows one.
1: Okay, so before we get to the Ryder Cup, a huge event this past weekend in the world of golf in beautiful Spain at the Solheim Cup at Finca Cortesín. Of course, I had a chance to play there. We spoke all about that last week when we had our uh, GTC Spanish travel adventure special a couple of years ago, but Europe... Well, they retain the cup. Yes, it was tied at fourteen, fourteen. There was a whole hoopla on social media. Well, did they actually win? Yes, they only needed fourteen points to retain the cup. But Bob, overall, just how exciting uh, was this finish?
2: I mean, it was it was great. I just couldn't believe the uh, you know when you when you go back and look at the the ebbs and flows of this overall event, it's pretty amazing because the U.S. started off for nothing, right? Uh, in the opening round, and usually you don 't see that sort of a big catch up, but when they went into Sunday, they were all tied at eight all and uh, and that 's what i I thought it was great. I thought you know some it was fitting for uh, Carlotta Saganda to uh clinch the tie. I thought it was great for Carolyn Hedwell. i don 't know if you saw what she did, but she was two down with six to play and ended winning she won like what five birdies in a row or four birdies in a row or it was amazing, so I thought it was it was great to watch it was uh coverage could have been a little better but a little cleaner but I just thought overall um, it was entertaining it was more entertaining than I was expecting and I gotta admit that
1: Mark for you uh, how much of it did you uh, did you catch
3: it was, I was in and out all week it's funny on Friday Bob's like did you see America this morning like basically wax some sweep I'm like no and then literally three hours later Bob like looks at his phone or says to me we're on the golf course well it's Almost tied. It's within one. So, like, to Bob's point, it was, you know, it was up and down. It was really hard to get a, a grasp on who was going to walk away with the cup. So I think it was very fitting that it ended in a tie. I think it, at the end of the day, it kind of landed where it should, because that's how it felt one time. It, once it swung one way, it kind of swung the other way. Did I see on Saturday morning, and maybe this was throughout the – because I didn't really catch a lot of the start of the broadcast. I caught a lot of the end of the broadcast. And I saw Saturday morning was one of the first early parts of the broadcast I saw. Did I see an opening par four drivable to start the matches? And I was like, I was scratching my head at first, going, this is bizarre. And then I started thinking about it and thinking about the format and the team competition. I was thinking to myself, this is awesome. We should start every international team competition for the rest of mankind with a drivable par four. Like, let's just flip this thing on its head right out of the gates, right? I thought it was super cool. Like, what a way to start a competition. And, and I believe the
1: course was rerouted because, if I'm not mistaken, at least when we played two years ago, the first hole was actually the fourth hole. Like like they did, all right, I've done, you know, last year, Quail Hollow, Liberty National for the President's Cup a couple of years ago where they completely uh, rerouted the golf course just uh, for more match play and such. And and it's really, there's a number of drivable par fours on the second nine too. It, it's a really cool course. Bob, like you mentioned, perhaps the coverage wasn't outstanding because some of the views there in Andalucía are simply spectacular. So definitely recommend go out and, and check out uh, that Spanish region. Now, uh, there was some uh, interesting uh, back and forth uh, between Lexi Thompson and a reporter uh, after Friday afternoons four ball session where Alexi Thompson was chipping for eagle and that chip might have hit a hair of the hosel some would call it a shank and the ball went skyrocketing off the green and this led to probably one of the more awkward exchanges we've seen in quite some time now we've seen as we'll get to in three dubs sometimes the awkward exchanges in the media press room. Uh, after some matches at the Ryder Cup, we've seen that in the past. But Bob, what did you make of the whole Lexi Thompson, Alex Maselli uh, back and forth?
2: Uh, listen, Alex is a guy I know very well. He's a guy who's not afraid to ask the difficult questions, and I think that was a legitimate question to ask. She was in a you know a very interesting point in the match, and she shanked it. I mean, that's basically what she did. And so he asked her just about you know what he was tr- what she was trying to do and what ha- ended up happening. And rather than just sort of own it and say, oh, yeah, you know, like that wasn't my best effort at that time. Something along those lines. Instead, you know, she said, I'd I'd choose not to answer that. Now, by saying that, she basically is answering it. So I think Alex got and all the other media people got the quote that they really wanted anyway. So but it was kind of... um, I don't know. It was kind of awkward. And I wonder, I, I often thought to I thought to myself afterwards, I wonder if it was a single, if she was just playing not in a team competition, regular LPGA tour event, would she have answered any differently? I wonder how she would have handled that. But that was a that was a big miss for the team. Uh, and Stacey Lewis, you know, backed her up afterwards, tried to protect her and stuff. But I just think lots of people have shanks. Ian Poulter has shanks. You know, a lot of people, they own it. Justin Thomas has shanks. He owns it. You know, so just... Make fun of it. And it's, uh, you know, say, whoops, you know, that, that happened. It wasn't what I was trying to do. And it would have been so much easier.
1: It happens to the best of everyone. You know, Webb Simpson, 2012 Ryder Cup, same thing happened too on a par three. The ball went virtually directly right. But, Mark, I mean, for the rest of the week, Lexi Thompson did play a lot of great golf too. But this was just sort of a strange exchange,
4: wasn't it?
3: Yeah, I was going to say, you know, I kind of agree with Bob in the sense that, you know, hey, it, 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 he had the right to ask, ask the question she I don't think she played it correctly to your point just just own it and and be done with it all that being said though wow she played great the rest of the way you know and you got to you got to give her hats off to her for that because you just never know how you're going to react to something like that and then just that interaction and then the energy you carry throughout the rest of the way and how you know how your team uh, reacts to it, etc. She she quickly put that to bed with her golf clubs. She let her actions uh, do the talking. So good for her. Um, this event's been full of awkward exchanges over the years, hasn't it? I mean, very much so. Maybe maybe at times even more awkward and un- uncomfortable to the Ryder Cup, but I guess that's what international competition's about. And the, I would say this, guys: the one thing I did love it's 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 twofold, and I think Stacy Lewis uh, kind of hinted towards this. I love back-to-back Solheim, Ryder Cup, same year, back-to-back weeks leading into one another. I think uh, I would have liked to have seen it turn up a bit. Like, I would have loved to have seen them like, both in the same country. Both maybe at the same golf course. Somehow, mm-hmm. like we did with Pinehurst in the U.S. Open a few years ago with the U.S. Women's and U.S. Men's Open. It was like, I think there was, and I, I know Stacey Lewis did kind of mention this in a, pre, in a press conference. I think there was a missed opportunity here. I, I do. Cause I think it could have been a lot bigger.
1: Yeah, that was that 2014 U.S. Open where Martin Keimer won by eight and then Michelle Wee won her U.S. Women's Open the next weekend. You know, there's talk all about the golf course and how it can withstand that sort of thing. And there are reports too coming out of Finca Courtesine how, you know, there was they were running out of food halfway through. There was completely oversold in terms of spectators. It was It is a very hard golf course to walk. There were shuttles from some tee boxes to some fairways. But what I do know... Fear not, because the Solheim Cup is actually back next year. So the, the Europeans retain the Solheim Cup. It's actually back next year, 2024, back-to-back years, Robert Trent Jones Golf Club in Gainesville, Virginia. Looking forward
3: to That's a beauty. That is an awesome golf you course. You played there, man. Mark? Oh, yeah, a couple times. One of my absolute favorites, of course, hosted the uh, inaugural President's Cup. Uh, lots of history there. Fantastic venue. Uh, absolutely amazing.
1: There you go. Well, looking forward to that. Well, when we come back here on GTC, we're going to turn our attention to the Ryder Cup. We're going to break down Team USA. We're going to break down Team Europe. And how about some pie in the sky, some matchups we'd love to see for Sunday singles, all that and more when we come back right here
0: on GTC. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade and the TP5 and 5X. Try it. What's the best that can happen? This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to find affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today.
1: Welcome back inside GTC. Adam Scully, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks all around. As we look ahead to the rider US versus Europe. And throughout the week here on GTC, on SportsCenter, on TSN.ca, we're going to tee this up from every possible angle. Coming up in hour two, we're going to look at this from a fantasy perspective because if you go on FanDuel right now, there are so many different wagers and options you can put down when you're watching the Ryder Cup. But for the next couple segments, we thought we'd have some fun and maybe have some hypothetical
3: matches here. Mark, what do you have? Well, speaking of fantasy, gentlemen, you know, instead of breaking down the teams one by one, I've come up with this scenario here where it's fantasy land on Sunday. The Ryder Cup is all tied, gentlemen, and it all comes down to single Sundays. So... In this segment, we're going to go through captains, excuse me, we're going to go through automatic qualifiers. If they came out roughly in singles matches the way they qualified. And then in uh, our next segment, we'll do captains picks. But I want to see where you guys go and why in these matches. And then we'll tally it up and we'll see who has won your fantasy Ryder Cup. So in imaginary Zucchino land, which is a scary place, by the way. I, I don't uh, suggest you spend more than maybe a day or two there because it can permanently uh, warp you. So, <laughs> Scotty Scheffler comes out against Rory McElroy in the first match. Who do you have and why? Adam, Rory versus Scheffler.
1: I'm going to go with uh, hatless Rory McElroy because I'm expecting him to not be wearing a hat uh, this week at the Ryder Cup, as he's done throughout many of his Ryder Cups. He was in a previous interview saying he's going to get a nice high and tight haircut. Uh, that haircut's another topic we're going to get to a little later in the show because we've seen some mullets come out. Anyway, Rory's not going to rock a mullet. I think Rory uh, is primed to have a huge Ryder Cup. Scotty Scheffler, I'm still really... Um, uncertain about what the putter is going to bring a how he's going to putt b which putter he's actually going to use yes i know which it's match play but this is different i like rory McIlroy here
2: bob uh i'm i'm the same way because i th- and, and and you hit it on the on the head adam it's because of the putting i mean this could be a match that never ends because these two guys are both sort of struggling <laughs> have struggled with their putters they might just keep batting around the green but uh, until someone says okay i pick it up you know it's okay But I think think, uh, Rory has been putting better than Scotty. And, you know, I think we've said this a thousand times, but putting is such a key part of match play. And you can really change momentum with one putt. So I think I'd give this one to Rory as well.
3: Okay, so all three of us have Rory. All three of us have Rory for the same reason. And I'm going to add one little item as to why we take Rory. And it's right back to the putting. Rory McIlroy, in a match play scenario, is a good putter. So does the Rory we saw at the Dell match play, does he show up? He putted beautifully at the Dell match play. Does the Rory we've seen in previous Ryder Cups where he putts it like he's not worried about the one coming back? If that Rory shows up, I think he wins. We all got Rory. We all got Euro one-up. Let's go back in reverse direction. Second match, we've got the reigning U.S. Open champion, Wyndham Clark, against the reigning Masters champion, John Rahm. I'll take the Brahma Bull. I just don't think you want a piece of ROM right now in any match play scenario. He's kind of been uh, a little edgy all summer. Uh, He hasn't been, uh, his tour as Masters Champion has not been very uh, queen like. There hasn't been a lot of waving of the hand and tipping of the hat. Instead, it's been pointing, yelling, screaming. He's been a nasty, angry man, and I think he wants to get it out. And I think uh, I want no piece of John Rom right now, Bob. I've got Euro up two nothing. Who do you like, Clark or Rom, Bob?
2: I, I, I like Rom as well, and for much the same reason. You know, we we always talked about how John Rom used to hurt his game by being so emotional. I think this is the one competition where he helps his game by being emotional, as long as he is on the right frame of mind. But you're going to play with a lot of emotion here, and there's nobody on either one of these teams who plays better when he's emotional than John Rahm.
1: Okay, yeah, I'm on the same wavelength here, but I'm going to give a different reason. Wyndham Clark was interviewed last week on Golf Channel pretty much saying, like, I I can take anyone down, including Rory McIlroy. And obviously he had a a life-changing season with the win at Wells Fargo, the U.S. Open. Played well at the Tour Championship, but... Here's a guy, boys, who I wouldn't be surprised if if he goes out in one of the first two days, doesn't play his best, and the confidence sort of goes down the drain. And John Rahm, we know what he did against Tiger Woods back in 2018 at Le Golf National during the Sunday singles. These golf courses have been compared a little bit in terms of the thickness of the rough. We saw some videos come out earlier today where the rough is looking really thick. So I also like Rombo here.
3: Okay, Scully, let's stay with you. Back down with match three. Starting with you, we'll go back down the ladder. The reigning Open champion, lefty Brian Harmon, against another lefty in Robert Bobby McIntyre, who shot the round of the year on the PGA Tour or the Sunday of the Scottish Open. Two lefties going toe-to-toe. Who do you like here, Scully?
1: Well, to take a line from Bob, this match also may never end because, you know, they, these guys both haven't been playing a lot of great golf, at least as of late. You look at McIntyre. He missed the cut last week in France. T45 BNW PGA Championship. Harmon hasn't been great since winning the Open
2: Championship, but I will go
1: with Brian Harmon here. Bob, who do you
2: got? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Harmon as well. I think, I think this... Does have the ability to be an upset for Bobby Mack, but I I think right now Harmon is he's kind of uh he's a you know he's a wily vet he's not a not that young not that McIntyre isn't as well but Brian Harmon's been around he's done a lot played a lot of competitions like this as an amateur and so I think he's got a little more calm and demeanor in him and when you run away with the Open Championship boy like he did that's that's pretty impressive so I like his style.
3: All right, gentlemen, I am also going with uh brian harman and we i also have europe up two to one we all have europe up two two to one we're all exactly the same through the first three matches and i anticipated a bit of this in the first half i think when we get to the next segment and we get into captain's picks we might start to see some changes but we still have three marquee matchups remaining uh in the first six of automatic qualifiers starting with patrick cantley versus victor hovland I'm going to go, this is a tough one, but I'm going with Victor Hovland, which might be a bit of an upset. And I say a bit of an upset because Patrick Cantley has been so good in Ryder Cup, so good in President's Cup, in uh, U.S. team matches. But Victor Hovland, in the last 60 days or so... Might be the best golfer on the planet. If the official world golf rankings was a thirty to sixty to ninety day rota versus a two year window rota of points, I think Victor Hovland might be number one in the world right now. I'll go with Victor Hovland. I've got Europe up three to one. Bob, where are you going?
2: Uh, I am going to go with uh, with Patrick Cantlay. I think I think that he is going to basically lull his opponent into a uh, going to play the rope-a-dope and just just tire him out for the whole round but I do think that that this is a this is a, a toss-up this this match it could come down to a half but I I think Patrick Cantlay has shown how well he plays in this competition before this style of competition and I I just like that that knowing what his record's like and how he's been doing in this uh, both Ryder Cup and President's Cup
1: Yeah, I think this is going to be a battle right to the end in terms of who has the most gas left in the tank. I'm expecting both of these guys to play all four of the first sessions, both 36 holes Friday and uh, Saturday. But uh, I think that Victor Hovland is going to take
3: this match. So I, I like Hovland there. All right, Adam and I have Europe up three to one. Bob has it two all. We have two matches left. If the automatic qualifiers all line up, it's Max Homa against Tyrell Hatton.
1: Okay, this one, this has the makings of pumping <clears throat> pumping crowds up or Tyrell Hatton leading in the strokes gain entertainment uh, category throughout the week. <laughs> I'm going to go with Max Holma here, and I, I think his game is really well suited, really, for any golf course, but he putts it really well, and I, I think he can be on more of an even keel than Tyrrell Hatton, who we know can sort of lose his marbles really whenever. So I will go with Max Holma. Bob, who do you like?
2: I, I'm going to go with Tyrrell Hatton here. I, I like Tyrrell Hatton. I think he's pumped up for this, and I think that, uh, you know, he's played some pretty solid golf the last six months or six weeks, I should say, of the. Uh, PGA Tour season, and he's had some really solid finishes, and again, you know, he is, yes, a very passionate golfer, and he can get a little bit temperamental, but if he gets off to a good start, that could work in his favor as well.
3: I'm also going to go with Hatton. I think he's, again, I think uh, Rom, Hatton, I think those guys, Shane Lowry to a certain extent, the emotional guys on that European team are going to use this European pro crowd, and I think those uh, emotions that sometimes get them, to your point, Bob, are actually going to work in their favor this time, which means I've got Europe up 4-1. to one. You guys have Europe up 3-2. Last match before we go to break, guys, Fitzpatrick versus Shoffley. I'm going to give this one to Shoffley. I think he's just deadly in in team format, and I think the U.S. tightens it up a bit. I got Europe up 4-2 to two after the first six matches. Bob Shoffley or Fitzpatrick?
2: I'm going to go Shaf. I think he's had a better year than than Fitzpatrick has, so I would uh, put this one as a notch in the U.S. calendar or U.S. side.
1: Me too. I I like Xander Shoffley here. As you guys will find out later in the show, I am high on Xander Shoffley for this week. I'm expecting to place a lot of good golf, a lot of golf, period, and I think he'll uh, continue that uh, throughout this week as well.
3: All right, let's do it here. Uh, We got Bob uh, 3-3, Adam 3-3, Mark 4-2, and Adam, I'll just toss it. On the other side, we'll do captain's picks, six matches, and where does Bob and Adam put the cup at the end of Sunday? We will find out. This is GTC.
0: This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Caddy Time. The Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Visit WeatherTech.ca.
3: Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada's Zakino Scully Weeks as we are halfway through our Fantasy Sunday singles ladder at the Ryder Cup. We just went through the automatic qualifiers. Bob and Adam have it all tied up at three apiece. I have Europe up 4-2, but now we're into some very difficult choices. These are the captain's picks, starting, Adam, with the first match. Kepka versus Straka. The first of the captain's picks. Where are you going?
1: The first of the captain's picks. The first of the mullets we'll see this week, too. That is such a bizarre haircut. Anyways, <laughs> I'm going to go Brooks Kepka here over Sepp Straka. This guy's had success in the Ryder Cup before. I'm expecting him to really have also a good week this week. I'll go with Brooks Kepka. Bob, who do you like?
2: I'm going to go also with Brooks Kepka for the same reason. Brooks Kepka is kind of a... Uh just you know a guy you don't want to have to face up against and sepp straka is a big boy and so is uh, so is brooks obviously and sepp straka by the way was the first guy on the golf course or on the range today when they got to uh to the golf golf course so he you know he's anxious to get out there he's played pretty well as well but i just don't think you can you can um, uh be very light on the experience that brooks kepka has in this kind of competition
3: yeah, I've got to go with Kepka as well, guys. Just the intimidation factor. I also think that he's playing with something to prove that he's got a little Justin Thomas in him, a little uh, Ludwig Aberg in him. Uh, guys that feel like, hey, I got to show the world that I belong here and play well this week. Uh, he's one of those guys. Um, you gentlemen have USA up 4 3. I've got Europe up 4 3. And I've got in the next match. Jordan Spieth against Justin Rose. A couple of uh, veterans here for both international sides. I'm just going to go, and this hurts because J- Justin Rose is my man, but I got to go with Justin, uh, Jordan Spieth. I just think uh, Spieth uh, going to just put up too many long bombs and just frust- he just frustrates his opponent getting up and down. And, and He should be out of a hole, and he's just never out of a hole. I'm going to go with Jordan Spieth. I've got this all tied up at four apiece right now with Ro- with Spieth winning. Bob, where are you going here, Rose or Spieth?
2: I'm going to go with Justin Rose, which might be a little bit of an upset. I don't know if you want to call that. But Justin Rose has had a sneaky good year. And you look at some of his results, where he's played well. Uh, I just think, and, and being a wily veteran as well, he's not going to get frazzled by as you described, Mark, with, you know, the the ups and downs and the, the miracle recovery. So I think he's going to be, he's a, an absolutely perfect guy to take on a short game wizard like Spieth.
1: Yeah, I think Justin Rose is my guy here because really Jordan Spieth has actually struggled in the Sunday singles for a lot of these team events. So uh, Justin Rose, I, I like his sort of even keeledness too. I think Jordan Spieth will be talking to himself a lot of this match and you know, sometimes his T-balls can be a little, uh, little wonky, a little astray. We know he's got the magical short game, but I like Justin Rose here.
3: Well, even though we all have very different picks, we all have this tied up at four apiece, gentlemen. Now, we took different paths to get here, <laughs> but it is four all right now. Colin Morikawa, Adam, against Shane Lowry. What a match this would be. This this is a big one. Now we, we saw the, the
1: big emphatic celebration from Shane Lowry after winning a match in 2021 where he was actually almost embarrassed at how loudly he screamed when he shook Harris English and Tony Finau's hand after uh, whistling straight. Uh, but I, I like Colin Morikawa here. He had a really good Ryder Cup debut a couple of years ago. Uh, yes, he was partnering with Dustin Johnson, who obviously isn't playing this week, but I, I like Colin Morikawa over Shane Lowry in this one. Bob, who do you like?
2: Uh I like Kalamurakawa here too. I think that uh you know, one of the things that the um the European team is gonna try and do with this course setup is take the short game away from the United States. And so if you're talking about having to hit longer irons into greens, I don't know if there's anybody better in the game right now than there is with Colin Marikawa when he's hitting him when he's hitting him well and he's a great medium to long iron player, so I think that's the advantage he's got.
3: Gentlemen, I'm going the other way. You have America up 5-4. I've got Europe up 5-4 because I'm just going with the emotion here. I I think technically speaking, the way Bob broke it down is exactly right. I think it makes more sense. But I'm going with the uh, intangibles. You can't chart. And Shane Lowry is going to be one of those firecrackers for this team. I've got Europe up 5-4. Okay, guys, we only a few minutes left here. We only got three matches left. Tommy Fleetwood versus Ricky Fowler. This is where Europe starts to take control of this for me. I called the upset last November that Europe was going to win the Ryder Cup on European soil, and I'm sticking with it. Fleetwood over Fowler. <laughs> I've got Europe up 6-4 with only two matches left. Bob, Fleetwood versus Fowler.
2: Uh, I like Fleetwood on this one. He's just played too well this year. I don't think that, uh, that as well as Ricky has played with his comeback, I just think Fleetwood's uh, going to take this one with, with, I won't say relative ease, but comfortable. Let's just say that.
1: I'm expecting a barrage of birdies in this one, boys, because Tommy Fleetwood could have really won a, a number of times this season, but faltered with the flat stick on the weekend. I'm expecting match play a little tighter, and we saw uh, some great chants, including Tommy Fleetwood's name, Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. I'm expecting more of that this week uh,
3: at uh, in Rome. So you both got Fleetwood. It's 5-5 for you, gentlemen, with two matches left. I've already awarded Europe the the Ryder Cup. Well, not technically. It could finish in a half. (laughs) There is still two matches left here. So I will not award Europe the Cup as of yet, officially. You gentlemen could go either way. Adam, the penultimate match, Sam Burns, Nikolai Hogard. The reigning Dell Match Play World Champion.
1: That's right, and the second mullet wearer of the United States. He also got USA shaved into the side of his head. The barber could have perhaps done a better job shaving the USA. It almost looked like VSA. Anyways, uh, I will take Sam Burns. Uh, he's, he's a great putter. Uh, you mentioned the match play. Yes, he hasn't played a lot of great golf throughout uh, the summer now that we're in the fall, but uh, I'd like Sam Burns here to get it done. Bob, who do you like?
2: Yeah, I'm going with Sam Burns as well for that putter. That hot putter that he has is just so good. And, of course, as you said, winning the match play. So I'm liking him.
3: I'm also going to go with Sam Burns, gentlemen. So I've got it 6-5 Europe. You gentlemen have it 6-5 Team USA. And it is now down to the anchor match. It is the Vanderkid, Ludwig Aberg, against Justin Thomas. Uh, Aberg needs to win this match. For Europe to win the cup, a tie and team USA will retain the cup. So by that notion, even with the, ju- uh, well, right now for you guys, USA is retaining the cup because even if Aberg wins, it's 6-6 for you gentlemen. So I'm going with Ludwig Aberg over Justin Thomas. I've got Europe with the outright victory here, winning by two points. They win the Ryder Cup by a full two Points, winning Sunday single seven five. All right, Bob Adam. Let's start with you, Bob. Who do you like here? It's Thomas versus Aberg. Does the U.S. win, or do they just retain?
2: Uh, I'm going with Aberg because I think that Aberg is going to be one of the sneaky, impressive performers of this Ryder Cup. I think he at the when this Ryder Cup is over, if people don't know who Lucas Aberg is now. They will definitely know him because he's going to play like Lucas Aberg, Bberg, Cberg, Dberg. He's got the whole alphabet right in front of him. That he's just going to walk through this and and be so impressive, in my opinion.
3: All right, Adam. So Bob, I have it seven five on Sunday singles. Europe wins. Bob's got it six six. Europe retains on an Aberg point in the anchor match with a six six draw on Sunday singles. Where are you at, Scully?
1: Okay, this is I, I've gotta do some, some contemplating here because you guys know me, I've been fully aboard the Justin Thomas Chugga Chugga Choo-Choo train throughout this uh this run here leading up to the, the Ryder Cup. But I, I really do think Ludwig Eberg is also going to, you know, potentially play with a guy like Rory throughout uh, some of the, the team sessions and carry him forward. Similar to what Thomas Peters did with Rory back in twenty sixteen. But yes, this is singles. I think justin thomas might be a little wiped out by this i think we might see him scream come on and maybe a couple of expletives here and there he might be out of voice he might be just out of gas so to speak so
3: i'm going with
1: ludwig Aberg.
3: this is shocking gents i'll tell you why it's shocking because out of the three of us not one of us has team usa the reigning uh champions winning this competition. Bob and Adam have USA retaining in a tie on, U- on foreign soil. And I've got Europe winning outright on Europe so- Ur- European soil. So before we wrap this, Adam, and send it to break, because I know we got Jim Furyk coming next, i got to ask you guys, is a U.S. team retention of Ryder Cup, is that a victory considering it's been 30 years? Like, in your minds, would they be happy with that? They are the defending champs. They have not won the the Ryder Cup on European soil in 30 years. If they are to retain, if the scenario that Bob and Adam have on paper right now in our Fantasy Sundays comes to fruition, is that a victory for Team USA?
1: I mean, I certainly think it is. And when we're doing this show one week from right now and all the Team USA wakes up and their Whoop recovery scores are about 1% from having so much <laughs> champagne in their eyes, I, I think the U.S. is going to take this as a victory for sure. They haven't done this since 1993. I still think it's a victory. Bob, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I think, I think you uh, ties as good as a win, I think, in certain cases, right? I mean, for, for them, we saw what happened with the European team with the Solheim Cup. So I think they, hey, we didn't, it's it's almost a case of maybe we didn't win, but we didn't lose. Mark,
3: before you sign off, what do you think? I'm with, I guess, uh, yeah, I think if uh, they, it, who he who holds the cup is still the champ, right? Yeah. End of story.
1: So There you go. Well, it's, uh, we can't wait uh, for this, the Ryder Cup. Uh, it's it's my favorite tournament to watch. Uh, we'll, we'll get a little, a little later in the show. We'll get into our plans of how we're actually going to watch this thing, whether you're going to set alarm maybe stay up we'll get into that a little later (laughs) in the show because it's on early in the morning when we come back here on gtc a couple weeks ago bob was in montreal for the president's cup tee up which is now less than a year away bob spoke with jim furick teeing up the president's cup and also some talk on the Ryder cup all that more coming up right here on gtc
0: this segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, home to 80 great courses, 60 miles of sandy shores, endless dining and entertainment. Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to start planning your golf trip today.
1: Wrapping up Hour 1 here on GTC, Scully Weeks and Zucchino. Well, a couple weeks ago, Bob was in Montreal speaking with Jim Furyk and Mike Weir as we uh, start the preview for the President's Cup, now less than one year away. Last year on the show, we played Bob's interview with Mike Weir. Here's Bob's interview with Jim Furyk talking all about the President's Cup a year from now and also...
2: This week's Ryder Cup. All right, Jim, we're a year out from the President's Cup, more or less. And at this point in time, what's your job as the team captain to do? Is it, is it a little bit antsy because you want to sort of, or you wish it was a little bit closer, you could pick players and analyze the course and do things like that? What do you do at this time of year? Well, I am a little
4: antsy, but there's a lot of background work to be done. Um, you know, it's nice to come in here for the one year out, you know, spend some time at Royal Montreal. We're talking to the members tonight. Uh... Chamber of Commerce tomorrow, you know, just kind of create a stir and a buzz here in Montreal. Uh, I'm not sure it's needed. Uh, You know, in 07, the the President's Cup did very, very well here. So, but there's uh, there's a lot going on organization-wise. We're looking at, uh, you know, where our team rooms are going to be out by the driving range, what they're going to look like at the golf course, trying to set up an atmosphere for the team where they can enjoy themselves, have some camaraderie. Uh, you know, they like to poke fun at each other and have a good time. And, you know, we want them to be loose, right? We want them to, to have a good time, be loose, so they can go out there and play some good golf. And really it's just a lot of organizational stuff. I mean, we looked at designs of golf bags and the carts and the just off-the-wall stuff. Uh, you know, months ago I kind of worked with the tour and tried to develop the qualifying system, you know, how, how the points will be accumulated, six guys qualifying, six guys will be a captain selection. So... Uh, there's a lot of work to be done. We are chomping at the bit. I would, I wish we could push, you know, fast forward and and be able to tee it up and play the Presidents Cup, but there's still a lot of work to be done, a lot of organization, and and uh, it's part of the process. You're
2: going to have uh, a little time to look at the players in a couple of weeks in uh, in Italy at uh, Rocco Simone or whatever in the Ryder Cup. When you uh, Marco Simone, excuse me, when you look at the team that you've got assembled there, how close do you think it'll be to what we see here?
4: You never know. I mean, you're going to have a lot of carryover from year to year. Um, you know, 12 players on this year's team. You could have anywhere from, you know, five to ten guys carry over to the, to the next team. Um, it, what's good for me is, and I'm glad, not only am I there to support Zach and support this Ryder Cup team, but it's a feather and a cap for me to be kind of part of it, to see what Zach's doing with the team, to see how the team's run. Uh, we want a lot of symmetry and having a President's Cup and a Ryder Cup from year to year. Uh, The guys that do make the team year in year out, they know what to expect. You know, it's it's a lot of similarities from year to year, and and so I'm thankful that he invited me along, and and I'll also when they name the next Ryder Cup captain for 2025, I'll invite him to be part of my staff in 24. So um, you know, that's that's one thing we have going for us in the U.S. And um, uh, there are some, there's a couple young guys. Like I, we went over for some practice rounds. I really hadn't met Wyndham Clark. I didn't know Sam Burns very well, so getting to kind of know some guys that I haven't seen a lot of that uh, have a chance to make the team next year. It is, you know, and some of the younger players now that I'm 53 and I'm not playing on the tour full time. So uh, just good stuff for me. And um, but ultimately right now, focus is on the Ryder Cup, right? I mean, it, we're here for the President's Cup. I love it. I'm the captain, but we still have, uh, you know, two weeks away from the Ryder Cup and and uh, a big task ahead of us over there.
2: You've been associated with this uh, President's Cup for many, many years. And uh, now, as, as you were talking about picking players, there's so much that goes into it that probably didn't happen way back in the day or in terms of analytics and things like that. How much has it changed since your early days with this?
4: Well, in my early days, the captain had one assistant. (laughs) Uh, Now we have four or five, depending on which event it is. Um, We have an analytics team. We I mean, there's, there's a lot to be done and, and, uh, you know, we still, though, there's still some intuition. There's still, uh, you know, I've played the game for a long time and I have my thoughts and ideas. Uh, you ask the players, uh, that make the team the top six. What they think about the picks? You know, there's there's a lot that goes into it, but but the analytics has played a huge part. Uh, and uh, the more every year that we have that, the more and more I get used to it and learn from it. Uh, it is a valuable tool and and uh, something that's helped us out along the way.
2: Americans have dominated this cup. In fact, I think you were one of the. Early days, you were on the one time that the Americans did lose. Thanks for reminding. me. <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. Nice but, but, but is is it is it sort of easy to look at that and say, oh, the Americans are dominating? But they've been a lot closer in the last sure. three or four editions. Correct? Is this sure. something that is getting to be a bigger event and a more meaningful event?
4: Uh, I believe that's correct. I think, uh, you know, I think the international side through the years, you know, uh, Nick Price, Ernie Els. Trevor Irmerman, now Mike Weir. I think those guys have a lot of experience as, as vice captains, not only playing in the event, but as vice captains and captains. I think they've kind of moved the momentum forward for that team. And um, and for us, I, and I, I would think, think Mike would say the same thing, uh, what's happened in the past has happened in the past. Uh, this group of 12 guys that I take in there, it's a brand-new United States team. And, uh, you know, I don't want them going out and thinking that they're the team that's being chased. I want them doing the chasing. I want them to apply the pressure. And, and realize it's a brand new year.
2: Good luck uh, at the President's Cup, but until then, uh, good luck at the Ryder Cup. Give, give us a pick, what's going to happen at the Ryder Cup? I mean, you're obviously a little biased, but give us what's going to happen over at the Ryder I think Cup. I am a little biased. <laughs> a lot you think biased, I'm a little biased?
4: Uh, it's, it's a great event. It's an exciting event. I think that uh, you know the Euros will definitely try to set the golf course up where it favors them. I've seen it. It's, uh, it's an interesting golf course. Um, you know, I, I like our team. I have a lot of confidence in our 12. I'm not going to go out there and make any bold predictions that we're going to win um, or, or anything like that. Uh, no bulletin board material, but I really have a lot of confidence in our team. The guys uh, have kind of really bought into the cat, what Captain Zach has been saying, and, and uh, they seem to get along really well. So, uh, you know what? In order for us to take the next step as a team on that side, we have to win on foreign soil. It's been 30 years. So, uh I don't want to hear about how we're the favorites and all that crap again uh you know they're the favorites we've got to go in there and we have to win the ryder cup and and uh i like this team i think we have a good chance to do it but uh we're going to face a really strong team
2: as always thanks for your time
4: thanks appreciate it
1: week c with jim furrick you know before we sign off and tee up hour two when the u.s had their initial scouting mission over to marco simone they held a, a team dinner and they posted a photo on social media and did you guys see the shirt that Jim Furyk had on for that dinner back in the 99 Ryder Cup. Mark, I'm sorry, but like, how, how, how do you, I want, my question to you is, what shirt do you think lost to that shirt, where the designers were like, you know what, this is what we're going to go with today? I
3: can't believe that someone still had that to drag out, but this is going to come up in Winner's Weird and What in our all-time three-dub Ryder Cup edition, because... I mean, that has to be the worst shirt in the history of international team competition, maybe of any sport. It's absolutely hideous. We'll we'll get into this a little deeper. The fact that he still had it and was able to wear it, like, Mm.
2: And it still fit. for you? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of guys who are uh, of Jim Furyk's vintage who might be in a little bit of a different weight class. But, yeah, that was... uh, that was really something to bring that one out. I'll tell you that much. And uh, I will say though that the was it the last Rider Cup they were selling them again, so you could yeah. you could actually buy them in the pro shop. So I mean it's uh, it's or uh, in the souvenir tent. So I don't know they're they're so bad that they're good. I guess is the way you look at it.
1: Yeah, nowadays the outfits are a little more. I'm not sure if you can call them muted with red, white, and blue, but I I, I just don't see the the brown and. Beige combo really working, whether you're golfing or just walking outdoors in life. So you know who knows? Maybe we'll see some bizarre outfits uh, come uh Sunday at the Ryder Cup. Okay, when we come back, we're going to make our TSN edge picks for the Ryder Cup, the TF Hour 2. Also our all-time Ryder Cup edition of three dub, and we'll learn about Taylor newest line of putters. All that and more coming up when we come back, right here, GTC.
0: This segment of GTC, presented by TaylorMade, was brought to you by Playgolf Myrtle Beach, the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Why Picton Mahoney? Visit PictonMahoney.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully.
1: Welcome back inside GTC, Hour 2, the back nine here on Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Art Sacchino and Bob Weeks. We're doing a full preview now, Ryder Cup, one of the great events in the world of golf. And this time around, it is in Rome. And as we always do, as we preview big tournaments in the world of golf, we look at it from a fantasy perspective. TSN Edge, FanDuel. Now we're going to do this a little differently uh, this week because the tournament obviously is a little different. So what we're going to do, we're each going to pick one player from Team USA, one player from Team Europe who we think is going to have the most points for their respective side. So we're each picking two players. Let's start with Team USA. Mark, give us your pick for Team USA and why.
3: I think, unfortunately, Adam, you and I might uh, cross over a couple (laughs) on this one because Uh I also, I believe you're going to like Xander Shoffley. I also really like Xander Shoffley. And it was hard for me to to select between Shoffley and Cantley because I believe that is going to be the tandem, that that is going to be the team that goes out uh, together. They are very difficult to beat as a team in either format. And I gave the edge to Shoffley because I just prefer prefer Xander in singles come Sunday, uh, and I'll go with Xander Shoffley. But I think him and Patrick Cantley are going to do some major damage on Friday and Saturday for Team USA as as heavy point getters. And I'll give the nod to Xander on the Sunday singles. So I'll go with Xander Shoffley. He's proven it in several international team matches in the in the last few years. Shoffley's my guy for uh, the red, white, and blue.
1: And on FanDuel right now, he has the second shortest odds tied actually was with Patrick Cantlay to have the most points for Team USA at plus 600. So still uh, some value there. Bob, for you, when you're looking at Team USA, who's the player you think is going to have the most points?
2: I am going for Brooks Koepka. Now we've talked about him oh. a number of times over the uh, over the morning so far. But I honestly think that A, like Mark said earlier, he does have a little bit to prove being the lone live guy. But two, you know, when he gets on a roll, when he gets up, he just does not have a reverse gear. He does not go backwards. And I think that he can be intimidating, if he depending on who he's playing against. Uh, if we see a performance like we saw at the PGA Championship this year, and, you know, the fact that we don't see him week in and week out, we don't really know where his game is. And I think that can be kind of a good thing. You sort of sneak your way into the Ryder Cup and maybe they don't know what to expect from you. So I, I really like Brooks Kepka's chances.
1: Big Bad Brooks plus 650 right now on FanDuel. The fourth shortest odds for all of Team USA. Uh, for me, I'm going also with Xander Shoffley. This guy's just been a match play machine. Nine and four overall for Team USA across both uh, the U.S. and President's Cup in his career. Perfect 5-0 and o in foursomes, too. We know how challenging that format is. And like you mentioned, Mark, expecting him to play a lot with Patrick Cantlay, probably in both foursomes and four ball. And hey, if it wasn't for Victor Hovland, we'd be talking about the FedEx Cup champion here. Because this guy was just unbelievable at Eastlake. So Xander Shoffley, also uh, my team USA selection, plus 600 for the X-Man. Bob, for you, looking at Team Europe, lots of different great options
2: here. Who do you like? I was torn between two of them, and uh, I think because of some value, I'm going to go with Sepp Straka. How about Ooh, off? Wow. <laughs> off the board, right? <laughs> I think every once in a while, you get a player who just sort of finds a groove and who, you know, the, the format fits. You look at what Carolyn Hedwall did this week at, uh, in the Solheim last week in the Solheim Cup, and I think because there is some really good value with this, I, I like Sepp Strack. I mean, as I said earlier in the show, he was the first guy to get out on the golf course, so he's he's just chon at the bit, I think, to prove himself in this competition.
1: Okay, Sepp Straka right now is plus twenty six. 100 to have the most points for team usa a little later once i load my fan app here we're going to see if there is an option to parlay both of yours together i just we'll, we'll get to that a little later <laughs> in, in the segment okay mark for you team europe who do you like
3: this was tough for me. It really was because I say, you know, Victor Hovland in the last 60 days is the best player in the world. Rory McIlroy, a, a very different guy when it comes to match play, that, uh, when it comes to the way he handles himself on the greens. You know, A. Bird, one of the hottest players on the planet. But for me, when I look at the European side, I got to go back to lineage and history. This was Seve Ballesteros' team, Right. And then after Biasteros, it was really Poulter and 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 um, Sergio's team. Europe always rallies around a fire plug. And now with no uh, uh Sergio and no Poulter, I go, Who is the emotional leader? Who is the fire plug of this team? Who is gonna be that sandpaper that Ian Poulter has been uh historically for the last you know, fifteen years, and the answer for me, guys, is Toro Ferrioso, the Raging Bull. John Rom, is the only guy that can be that nasty, in your, as as emotional as Rory can get. He's still too likable to be that guy. Who is the European a hole? Is the question, <laughs> and the answer is John Rom.
1: Okay, Uh, John Rom plus five (laughs) hundred. Not really sure where to go from that one. Uh, Also, FYI, you actually cannot parlay uh, a pick for Team USA and Team Europe together. Unfortunately, I did take a look. Unfortunately, can't do it. uh, Or else that would have been some long odds there. So, John Rom plus five hundred. Just trying to get through that one. Anyway, uh, my (laughs) team Europe. (laughs) My team Europe pick uh, is another. Well, kind of East. Kind of turned into not so off the board, but still from an odds perspective is off the board. That's Ludwig Aberg plus fourteen hundred on FanDuel to be European's top point getter. And here's a guy. His last four worldwide start, they're all t fourteen or better. Of course, the win at the Omega European Masters, a t four, t ten, t fourteen. Rory McIlroy was on a podcast, golf subpar, and described uh, Ludwig Aberg driving by swearing how good it was so i'm not going to repeat what he said but it is that good you watch this guy swing mark you saw it with your own eyes a, a number of times with pga uh, tour radio just how how smooth this guy is he's got the long levers he's ready to rock ludwig aberg is my uh final pick so to recap our selections i have Shafley aberg bob Kepka Straka, Mark Zander, and John Rahm. Now, I, I mentioned uh, some mullets that are in the mix here for Sam Burns <laughs> and, and Brooks Kepka. I know a couple weeks ago on the show, we spoke about how maybe my uh, if I come in last again for the FedEx fall for our TSN Edge Picks, I have to wear a shirt that's maybe uh, that actually fits me. Uh, on our show, perhaps maybe I should just shave my head into a mullet. Maybe that should be my... <laughs> Yeah, not sure if any of the sports center execs or my girlfriend would like that. If but
3: we could get many. this signed off by the the you know the top level uh, floor of TSN, right? That 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 Adam can start GTC TV in twenty twenty four, Bob, with the full hockey mullet, maybe a little GTC carved into the side of the head. That, I think we've landed on, uh, on, on the punishment. What do you think, Bob?
2: I love that. Maybe, yeah, yeah, GTC in there. Just right along the above the year. It'll be good. Yeah, I, I might
1: have to start growing my hair two years ago. I'm not sure if, if my salad's ready to, for, for that uh, off the back here. But uh, anyways, uh, we'll, we'll have much more on, uh, if I do come in last, of course, uh, in the FedEx fall series. Of our, we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. It's going to be a fun week. Uh, the Ryder Cup. Well, much more on the Ryder Cup. Uh, a little later for our all-time edition three dub of the Ryder cup but when we come back here on gtc tailor May, they've released their newest line of putters we're going to learn all about it when we come back next on gtc
0: this segment of gtc was presented by picton mahoney asset management for over 15 years our focus has been on helping canadians stay invested in all market conditions including this one This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. Learn more about their award-winning golf course and growing community. Visit cobblebeach.com today. Looking forward to
1: checking out Cobble Beach at some point in October and hopefully we continue to get weather like this here in the GTA. Welcome back inside GTC, Scully, Weeks, and Zucchino. On the other side, we're going to have our all-time Ryder Cup edition of Winners Weird and What. But last week, TaylorMade released its latest line of putters, the Spider Tour. Now, before you go to the interview, Mark, you had a chance to do this interview. Uh, What did you learn about these putters perhaps before we hear the interview?
3: Uh, well, the thing that I found amazing, you know, obviously this is an iconic brand in golf, the Spider, when you think of the the, the history of this head and, and what it's accomplished, et cetera. But this line's a little different. It looks the same. At first glance, by the eye, you'll go, oh, you know, I recognize what's going on here. But the two things that I found extremely interesting were they have found a ton of information through their iron and wood design that they are now putting into putters. And you would think, how do these things correlate? But they do. And I found that was very interesting. And the second thing, and this is maybe a little bit more personal, I love the larger head putters. I like that oversized putter. For the first time since that OS version that Brian Harmon used to win the Open Championship this year, March 1st, There's going to be an OS version, an oversized head of the new Spider Tour coming out March as the fifth model in this line. I'm a little pumped to see that.
1: Okay, well, let's hear the interview. Here's Mark with TaylorMade's Patrick Baxter, all about the Spider Tour line of putters.
3: Patrick, uh, thanks again for taking the time to do this with us here on Golf Talk Canada. Uh, Before we jump into the nuts and bolts here on the Spider Tour series, Hey, this is on the heels of the TP Reserve. Now we're launching a new look of one of the most iconic brands in the history of the game. It has to be an
5: exciting time for you. Extremely excited. Uh, today's the day uh, we're bringing up a new spider line. We've got two familiar shapes, two new shapes. Uh, but boy, it seems like over the past few years, every company has been making a spider uh, in that shape. But uh, here we are we've uh this has been years in the making with with our putter team and we're excited to bring this to market mark well the,
3: the the greatest compliment they say is imitation so we'll leave it at that certainly uh you brought up the iconic shape uh with the spider tour series obviously the shape pops out on a couple of the models uh there's also things like uh pure roll uh, true Path Alignment. These are things that over the last few generations of spiders we've come accustomed to uh, that's,
5: those are in here. We see them packed in here. Uh, what's new to this tour series? Mark, there's a, like every product, you know, we take it apart, we dissect it. Uh, we take tour feedback and we, we, we come to market with a club that's going to work for you know players on tour and players like us. Uh, the spider really started, I think, when we showed Jason Day that red spider. We were up on the green at Riviera. This was a time when Jason Day was was reaching number one in the world. And he. as we bring lots of players into our kingdom here in Carlsbad and we get lots of great players, no one rolls the rock better than Jason Day. And... It had a lot to do with the pural. It had a lot to do with how that shape of spider provides a boxier look that gave them a, a really way where he could just set it down on the ground, and 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 the, the putter almost swings itself. It has those those high MOI properties with the weight drug all the way back out with those movable weights. So there's a lot a lot of new um, technology under the hood here with spider. Uh, first off, we took. Uh, with working with our irons team, we are using a one-piece construction for all these models. And that is uh, taking a technology that we use in our irons called thin wall undercuts. So what we have in this new spider franchise is a one-piece material, and it is thinned out in areas where we're able to push weight to the extremities. And we're also using our tailor-made swing weighting system weights that are you can find them in our drivers. We've been using those TSS weights in our drivers, and we're placing those weights in each one of those uh, spider models in different positions. So you'll see the kind of jet engines in the back with the spider tour, and you'll see in the spider X that those weights are placed uh, further back. And then the newer models, you'll see that those TSS weights are further forward, and they're all giving different CG properties, different levels of stability, um, and, and they're all gonna swing a little differently. So how I understand this is we're taking iron technology,
3: we're taking driver technology, things we have learned over the years through research and development, and we are using them now in putter design to create not only extremely high levels of MOI, but moving around how the weight can work, if you're a straight back, straight through, if you like a little arc, or for that matter, kind of leading down this new road of counterbalance. We've seen it already at the
5: Open Championship. You have, um, you know, we had a winning putter out there uh, with counterbalance grips. We're excited to show in this launch, we will have in the Spider Tour, uh, we will have a 38-inch counterbalance model that will be featured with a Superstroke 3.0 shape. That's that bigger uh, Superstroke grip uh, that was been very popular on tour. We've seen uh many players use that that longer grip so uh you will see that at stores in the spider tour model um as well all right, so we have four new models right now, a fifth
3: one coming next spring. We'll, we'll hold that, that back as a teaser till the end for now. But currently we have Spider Tour, which is going to look very familiar to the Spider fans out there. That is that very much that iconic look. Spider Tour X, which is a model that has become popular over the last few years, certainly a shape that is extremely recognizable to TaylorMade and Spider fans. And then Spider Tour Z and Spider Tour V. To me, those jumped out right away because, for me personally, those are different shapes in the Spider family.
5: Well, over the past couple of years, Mark, you know, you've seen different shapes from TaylorMade. We had our TaylorMade G Spider GT uh, this year in the market. We had our GTX. Um, taking a step back, when we first came out with Spider X, we still wanted to. Have a stable putter, but give it more of a modern look. Give it more of a stable, uh, a streamlined look. Per se, uh, converting a blade player, they, everyone knows that the mallet will offer a level of forgiveness on mishit, misstruck putts. Um, what we found in, in data is that Rory McIlroy's distance control really improved by converting into a mallet, and that's why we still see him going back to old trusty with Spider X. It helps him with his distance control. Um, in this new spider tour, I'm excited because we're using TruePath in that spider tour, uh, tour shape. And it's the True Path that really excites the tour players. Um, Scotty Scheffler, I know that there was, a, he's been experimenting with spiders. And A number one was he loves the way True Path helps him line up. Uh, when we work with guys like Colin Morikawa, even on his blade putter, pure roll is the number one technology that he says you got to get the whatever you make for me you guys just keep my insert i love the performance of pure roll so uh all those technologies are are purposeful and they, they help all players all right speaking of tour feedback the the world's the golf world's eyes
3: are headed to rome right this is the one we've been waiting for We've got TaylorMade players on both sides of the fence here. Whether you're cheering for Europe or cheering for Team USA, uh, could we see a Tour Series model show up at the Ryder Cup? What's the feedback been like uh, instantly from Team TaylorMade?
5: Yeah, the, the moment in time when uh, Bucky Coe, our putter rep, went out to he went out to Chicago for the BMW Championship, and that was that we gave all of our stable of players, that being Fleetwood, McParroy. Uh, Colin and Scotty, we we gave them a slug of a, a lot of different prototypes uh, of these Spider Tour models. You, you saw Scotty Scheffler put the Spider Tour X into play. We made him a special prototype with um, further weight out forward. He, he kind of desired a more of a forward CG style, so we made him a, a, a special model. Um, but all these players left the facilities at the FedEx Cup playoffs with spiders in their hands. And we're excited to see what will happen up in, in, in Rome, but this is a different time for TaylorMade to be launching a putter. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really, this is our opportunity to get off to a great start for next year. Um, this is a time when they're gonna tinker, they're gonna experiment with some different putters, they, they know what their performance looks like throughout this summer, and, and this is a good time for them to experiment or change. So yeah, we're excited for um, you know two familiar shapes, but we've got two brand new shapes. And those, the the V and the Z. The way I think of it is the Z is the model that has the wings, and the V has more of that streamlined look. Um, Tommy Fleetwood, gentleman on the other side of the pond, who had a great uh, tournament at Wentworth, and he's one of the hottest players in golf right now. He provided some great feedback on our two new models the z and the v um he almost when you look at the z that would be the model that has the wings um what we've done is we've provided a an area where most most of the putter lies low to the ground a lot of the putter sits on the ground itself um and and what that does is it really helps the player kind of set it and and forget it it's almost like you just kind of set it down you're lined up, you get that visual alignment cue from True Path. Um, we've armed these putters with a brand new double bend shaft. Really shows great face angle, uh, about a half offset on the putter. So definitely take a look at the new shaft structure that we have in our face balance models. It's a new double bend. Um, that was picked up by Fleetwood. He really, he said, boy, I think he said on, on when we had him on camera, like everybody should putt with this putter. And then the the V model, that does not feature the wings. Uh, he kind of paid homage to it, almost helps him um, rotate the putter. And that was interesting that he picked up on that because if you turn that putter over, you see that those TSS weights are slugged all the way up close to the face. And that's what's kind of giving him that more rotation.
3: All right, before we say goodbye, Patrick, cause that's a great segue. First quickly, my spider, I'm assuming at some point down the road is going to be available in the tour series
5: we will actually um, on our website today uh, we are launching the the my spider tour and also my spider x so not only one but two uh, franchises there uh, both shapes will be available in that personalized website all right we're going to have you back on
3: in the spring cuz in the spring spider tour s is going to launch it's an oversized version that will also be available in a counterbalance model. I've got my eyes all over this one, but we're going to hold that back as a teaser before we get, say goodbye. Do you have any predictions, USA, Europe? Are the Americans going to break the thirty-year drought on foreign soil? It sounds
5: like that it's a hilly golf course. Uh, I, it sounds like this is going to be this is going to be close. Uh, that that Europe team looks really strong, but I have to say. Go USA. There you go. Know, you got to go with the home squad,
3: right? You have no choice. Listen, I'm cheering for Team USA as well because, hey, Canadians, you know, w- w- there's not like there's any of us playing, and I'm Italian, and they, they didn't manage to put an Italian on this team, Patrick. So, hey, let's go red, white, and blue. You have yourself a wonderful week, and thanks so much for taking the time to do this. I, Canada is so excited about this new product. Can't wait to get it in my hands and try it myself.
5: We appreciate you, Mark. Look forward to seeing up with you sometime soon
1: awesome stuff there a lot of great technology jam-packed in the new line of putters when we come back from bizarre outfits to post round press conferences that got a
3: little awkward
1: it's an all-time winners weird and what
0: edition the Ryder cup that's next here on golf talk canada this segment of gtc presented by picton mahoney asset management was brought to you by cobble beach georgian bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. Book your tour at cadillac.ca slash live. Welcome back inside GTC. Well, throughout the
1: history of the Ryder Cup, we have seen some bizarre, some wonky, some epic celebrations, some crazy moments. And we thought, well, since it's Ryder Cup week, we should do an all-time Ryder Cup edition of Winners Weird and What. Kick off the proceedings. Bob, the tea is yours.
2: So, so what do I do, just aim for the pond?
3: No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water.
2: But you hit it into the water.
3: I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further
0: than your ball! All
2: right, guys, well, my uh, winner uh, t- comes from the 2012 uh, Ryder Cup, which took place at Medina. Of course, it was known as the miracle of, at Medina. And, yes, there was a big comeback on Saturday, by the or excuse me, on Sunday, by the uh, European team, eight zero and one, they win in singles for the biggest comeback in Ryder Cup history. But the real miracle started on Saturday afternoon, in my opinion, and that's when uh, Ian Poulter, who was paired, by the way, with Rory McIlroy, basically took the European team on his back and carried them through with five. I think it was five consecu. sorry, uh, five consecutive birdies in a row to win a much-needed point that brought them, the European side, to 8-6 going in to the locker room. And Rory McElroy on a uh, on a podcast this week said it was like they were leading. He said they came into that, they were so pumped. 8-4 was looked like uh, it was going to be, and they came back and fought back. And I think that uh, one little side note there, by the way, I'm sorry, I should say that when Poulter sunk the winning putt, it looked like his eyes were going to pop out of his head. <laughs> it looked like they were going to shoot across the green, and go into the cup as well, just like his ball had been doing the entire time. But a very quick sidebar story to that: that that event took place at the exact same time as the NHL strike, and so there were a few NHL players hanging around, and uh, we were uh, we started befriending them. And was there was Joffrey Lupel and Scotty Upshaw and Shane O'Brien, kind of the uh, Legion of Doom guys, <laughs> and um, <laughs> or they had a little different name in the last word there. But anyway, they. Um, they, they were on the golf course, and we were on a golf cart. We had a golf cart, and it was very hard to see. They had a drivable par four, and I can't remember the whole of what it was, but we were basically parked not far from the landing zone, and the hockey players came over, and they were standing on the cart with us. So there was like about seven guys standing on this cart. Joffrey Lupul was standing when Keegan Bradley hit a tee shot, and this thing came whizzing towards us, and he just casually moved his head about a quarter of an inch like this, and I swear the ball touched his ear as it went by. And Ooh. I was just thinking, right there, right then, on this golf course, on this golf cart, this could have ended his career. <laughs> it just could have knocked him right off you know, with a, uh, a head bang. And anyway, that was my wild and uh, winning story, because thankfully uh, he, didn't get, uh, he didn't get punctured. But uh, really, when you go back and look at what Ian Poulter did, That was an amazing performance. My weird this week was, and my weird has my weird and my and my what are kind of combined. But the weird was Boo Weekly. First of all, how did Boo Weekly get on the get on the Ryder Cup (laughs) team? I mean, he was a good player, but I don't remember him being that good of a player. But he got on it, and at one point, you remember that he hit a tee shot, and then for some unknown reason, took his driver put it between his legs, and started galloping like a horse down the fairway, slapping on his own ass as he went, going along to everyone's kind of, I don't know if it was confusion or laughter, but it was the weirdest thing that I've ever seen at a Ryder Cup. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were a lot, of good, a lot of weird things that happened in Boo's career, but um, that was certainly the weirdest one that I have ever witnessed. And, and, and a couple years ago,
1: category... I was going to say, Bob, you remember when Harry Higgs did that too at the WM Phoenix Open?
2: Exactly, trying to try to recall that. Well, Harry, at least Boo didn't take his shirt off. That's I do true. remember one time at the uh, U.S. Open at Oakland Hills a number of years ago. We were exiting the golf course, and right where we were exiting, Boo Weekly had apparently rented a house. And uh, as we were walking past, he was out on the backyard barbecuing in his underwear. Oh, um, that's the only other not? Boo Weekly story I can tell you. <laughs> but the other one took place. The next one took place with another guy who was kind of a a guy that I forgot was on the Ryder Cup team, and that's Jeff Overton. He was playing paired with Bubba Watson, and he hit a shot that landed on the green and spun back into the hole, and he yelled out, boom, baby, to which Bubba Watson yelled out, (laughs) yelled out, boom, baby, boom, baby, about three or four times, and he became known for that phrase, boom, baby, but another guy who kind of just drifted off I don't know. And my what is, like, whatever became of Jeff Overton, I don't remember. Wow. He is, uh, I think he might be on the Corn Ferry Tour playing down in the minor leagues. But there's a guy who rose up to the heights and fell just as quickly.
1: Yeah, and, and, and uh, he's a guy, he's a guy, too, who, he's actually back playing now. He, I know he had some injuries, but he's back sort of making his way up, Jeff Overton is. But, I mean, that boom, baby, come on. Check out YouTube. Uh, we're going to be airing this on our Golf Talk and a television special When I say he yells, boom, baby, like he legitimately screamed this and the entire property went on. And Bubba really joined. This went on for probably 20 seconds, which was like, and you think I'm exaggerating. I really am not. Like if if you did this on a standard golf course, you might get a letter from from your GM or something because this would have disrupted everyone. (laughs) But the Ryder Cup, it brings so much emotion. Uh, It's why we love it okay Weeksy, you've got uh you've got somewhere to be thank you for your time this morning uh we really appreciate it bob will talk to you tomorrow night in prime time for our Ryder cup preview special on tsn
2: okay mark the t sounds good Now yours
0: i'll answer the question you want
2: answers i think i'm entitled you want
0: answers i want the truth you can't handle the truth
3: all right. First of all, my head is spinning. Bob's got my head spinning with the Jeff Overton boob baby. I totally forgot about that. And then his winner, the Ian Poulter, the greatest moment in golf history by a four handicap. At Ian Poulter, <laughs> for some reason, unbelievable leads the professional golf world in shanks and and bad ball striking. Anyway, okay. Uh, my winner this week, you know, I, Adam, I could you could go so many ways. The comeback at Medina. The comeback at Brooklawn. Uh, uh, some, some of the most historic performances, but it got my mind working in a different direction as to how we have arrived here, uh, in 2023 at a Ryder Cup and, and how the whole sports world gets excited about the Ryder Cup. And many people will go back to Jack Nicholas and Jack Nicholas who said we need to include continental Europe, not just Great Britain, uh, to equal the playing field. And without that decision by Nicholas, We probably aren't here right now if they didn't include, think of what happened in the 80s with Bernard Langer and Seve Ballesteros and all these great European players. But part of that is Tony Jacklin. And he's my winner because that's a name that doesn't get enough credit. It doesn't get thrown out there enough in modern-day Ryder Cup discussion. Tony Jacklin obviously remembered for the great concession with the match between him and Jack Nicklaus in Sunday singles. But Tony Jacklin went on to become the captain of that European Ryder Cup team for basically the entire decade of the 80s uh, into the 90s. And it was Tony Jacklin who won that that Ryder Cup finally as the captain in 1985 or over Lee Trevino. And he was the one that, that went back to America in 87, eventually over to the war by the shore in 91. Tony Jacklin, to put it in Maple Leaf language, you know, when Doug Gilmore returned some respect to the Blue and White organization in the early 90s after after just over a decade of just being basement dweller laughingstocks, it was Tony Jacklin that gave respect to that European Ryder Cup team as the captain. And Adam, I'm just saying, without Tony Jacklin at the helm of that team, now obviously he had Faldo, Ballesteros, Langer, he had a great team, but without Tony Jacklin making that team believe that they could win, I don't know if we're here right now.
1: I know. It's it's crazy to think how history has worked out and what this event has turned into. But it's such a good point. This goes way, way
2: back.
3: My weird is, and this kind of just goes to, you know, let's not forget, you know, Phil Mickelson has a, such a bizarre history with this game. And, and obviously in the last two years, it has turned much darker, uh, let's just say, than previous. But let's go back to 2004 The whole Tiger-Phil experiment in the Ryder Cup with Hal Sutton. At the time, these guys just did not get along at all. Number one and two in the world. Completely gagging it at the Ryder Cup. And to make this even more interesting, uh, as legend goes, Skelly, uh, Phil Mickelson taking a large bucket of money from Callaway just several days before the Ryder Cup. To get him out, allegedly, out of a huge gambling debt back in those days in Vegas. Uh, he was a Titleist staff player at the time. He dropped his Titleist gear uh, just days before the Ryder Cup. Uh, switching to Callaway, putting his Callaway equipment. In, nothing wrong with Callaway equipment. I'm not saying that, but you don't just make a, an equipment change and, in, days before the Ryder Cup and never testing them in competition. Completely gagged it. Hit it all over the ballpark just more bizarre history with uh, Phil Mickelson, whose kind of history with this event, I would suggest, Adam, is over.
1: I I would think so, too. And and Phil's going going to come up as my weird as well. But do you remember when Phil brought up that tournament in 20, uh, 2004, again, back in 2016. And he sort of threw Hal Sutton under the bus, talking about how when Tiger and Phil were paired together and they hadn't really prepared at all, and Phil went to another golf course or another side of the range and took about you know a couple dozen of Tiger's golf balls to try to play them because we know Tiger played a very different golf ball, especially uh, back then. But Phil Mickelson, just uh, one of the most bizarre characters we've seen in the history of golf.
3: And my what, very quickly, we brought this up. You brought this up off the top with Jim Furick uh, wearing this, bringing this jersey back. I mean, the 99 Sunday singles U.S. Ryder Cup team shirt. If, if, go back, Google it. If you haven't seen it, if you're too young to remember the Ryder Cup in 99, possibly the most hor- In fact, I would suggest to you. That nine editions of the Vancouver Canucks hockey jerseys are better than the U.S. Ryder Cup. I would wear the Canucks Circuit '90s. I would go uh, Hartford Whalers Cooperalls. I would go uh, California Golden Seals. I'm trying to pick the worst jerseys in all of team sport. I will wear every Houston Astros from the '80s. Oh, yeah. yeah, all better. The Pittsburgh Pirates, ball cap from the 70s, which was a flat top, looked like they were train conductors. I would wear all of it before wearing the 1999 U.S. Ryder Cup team shirt. Adam, (laughs) the tee is yours. 348. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that is
1: sweet. Can add the Arizona Diamondbacks Major League Baseball to that list, where like they yes. got black and teal and like it's like a yes. maroony purple color. Like how do the, they just don't go together? Come on, he signs off on this stuff, right, Skulls? Yeah, exactly. Anyway, okay, my winner this week goes to arguably the greatest stretch of golf on a Sunday singles maybe we'll ever see, and that goes to 2016 Rory McIlroy against. Maybe we can call him formerly known as Patrick, uh, formerly known as Captain America, Patrick Reed, where they were going mono e mono. The day before Rory McElroy made a putt and bowed to the crowd. So Patrick Reed, <laughs> what'd he do? He made a putt and bowed to the crowd. Rory McElroy on the PAR 3 8 hole sunk a 50-footer and it legitimately looked like his head was going to fall off his body. was basically shaking it was one of the craziest things I've ever seen you know shouting I can't hear you I can't hear you and what did Reed do he poured in a 25 footer and just wagged his uh, finger that was a, a wild bizarre front nine they were both totally out of steam by the second nine there the back nine a lot of really bad golf was actually played on that back nine but that front nine Rory V. Reed will go down as one of the great Ryder Cup matches we will ever, ever see. Okay, my weird also goes to one Phil Nicholson. So in 2014, Tom Watson was named as the US Ryder Cup captain. And there was a lot going on with Team USA. Tiger Woods wasn't healthy. Uh, this was a time when Billy Horschel won the last two FedEx Cup events to win the FedEx Cup. This was before the captain's picks, uh, the the format of them had changed. No Billy Horschel, uh, no Dustin Johnson for other reasons uh, as well that year. Tom Watson, kind of a random pick to, to come in. He was the captain back in, in 93. Anyway, let's just say it didn't go well for the U.S. And after, during the press conference... Uh, Phil Mickelson was asked about, you know, comparing 2008 at Valhalla when Boo Weekly was riding the bull, amongst other things, and winning uh, that week. You know, what went right that week that we didn't do this week for Team USA? And Phil goes on to talk about how, you know, back in 2008, Captain Paul Azinger got us all involved in the process, whether the captain's picks, the pod system, that sort of thing. Tom Watson, you know, was asked about this right after. And he said, oh, that's not really my philosophy. And then Phil totally throws Tom Watson under the bus, saying that we weren't involved with much of anything on this team. And the awkward looks, the kicks under the table that must have been going on. Uh, Mark, do you remember that press conference?
3: I mean, we've had some crazy press conferences in Ryder Cups over the years and some really fun moments as well. But this has to be like one of the most cringe-worthy uh, press post post Ryder Cup uh, press room moments in the history of the of all, of all of golf it was cringe-worthy um even if you come from the camp that Mickelson had um he had something valid to say like even if you believe that he had some validity in his statement that was stuff for the team room you don't air it out in the presser Right? We see this in team sports throughout the year. Just keep that in the dressing room. This was the complete opposite of that. Oh, totally. And you're right, Adam. From the very beginning, the Tom Watson team captain selection seemed completely out of left field and it went sideways from there.
1: It really did. Okay, we're running long. My what before we go to break. Rory McIlroy nearly missing his tee time in the 2012 Ryder Cup. Had to show up on a police escort. We'll have much more on TV on that. Why they weren't riding together in a team bus. He got the time zones mixed up. Hey, it happens. (laughs) But what did Rory do? Shows up five minutes before, wins his match. So maybe a bold strategy for some guys here looking ahead. Okay, when GTC comes back, we'll wrap up the show and tee up when we're back for another Ryder Cup special on
0: Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac, experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the ZG23. ZG23 continues to push limits on lightweight performance footwear with introduction of LightStrike and LightStrike Pro technology. They're light. They perform. They're here to compete. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. All right, can't wait for the Ryder Cup. Our next preview show tomorrow
1: night, 10 p.m. on TSN2. Stay tuned to our social feeds as well. We're going to announce the grand prize winner of 20 weeks of Made worth well over $10,000. And Mark, this is our last of our two-hour Monday radio shows.
3: Yeah, Monday uh, to an hour for the winter schedule, and stay tuned for 2024 announcements. And guess who cashed their fifth parlay in the last <laughs> five, uh, three weeks? Niners to cover, Bills to cover, Dolphins to cover. cha Chang, NFL season is being kind to me so far.
1: We'll get our creative minds together for a new NFL segment on GTC every Monday, perhaps at about 10.50 a.m. on TSN 1050. <laughs> Didn't that ring well together? Anyway, can't wait for the Ryder Cup. We are back tomorrow night, 10 p.m. TSN 2. Mark, thanks for a good show today, my friend. We will see you tomorrow night. Thanks so much for joining
0: us this morning. And remember, first good decision for the golf course always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the ZG23. ZG23 continues to push limits on lightweight performance footwear with introduction of LightStrike and LightStrike Pro technology. They're light. They perform. They're here to compete. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit golftalkcanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.